From the Financial Times in London, I'm Polita Clark, Environment Correspondent, and this is FT News. The global energy landscape is changing and the oil industry needs to adapt. That could sound like a quote from a Greenpeace press release, but in fact it's what Bob Dudley, the chief executive of BP, said the other day. And it comes as conventional fossil fuel companies face rising competition from renewable energy, electric cars and other technological advances. This week we learned that BP itself is looking into one very interesting potential threat, 3D printing. With me in the studio to discuss all this is our energy editor, Andrew Ward. Hi, Andrew. Hi there, Polito. So you reported that BP's chief economist, Spencer Dale, is getting his team to study 3D printers. What's he actually worrying about? Well, moving freight around the world accounts for between a fifth and a quarter of all the oil that we use. And this is increasing. You know, one of the biggest drivers of oil demand in recent decades has been the globalization of trade. So increasingly, we'll manufacture in in one part of the world, often in a big factory in China, and then we'll ship it in a very energy intensive way across the Pacific or up the Suez Canal to the Walmart in America or the supermarket in Europe. But what if new types of manufacturing technology start to change those trade patterns, in particular 3D printing? So BP is going to look at whether the rise of 3D printing, which effectively allows you to use a digital model that can be transmitted anywhere in the world and allows you to manufacture goods through a 3D printer locally, whether that could decentralize manufacturing. So you no longer need that big factory in China. You can make things in your local market. Might this start to unravel these supply chains, which have been such a big source of oil demand in past decades? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely fascinating, isn't it? I mean, do you have a sense of how real and imminent this threat could actually be? I mean, how many 3D printers roughly are there in the world today? It's a very long-term threat. This is not something that is going to undermine BP and Exxon overnight. At the moment, I think there was 455,000 3D printers sold last year. It's forecast to grow to several million in the next few years. So it's growing very rapidly, but we're still in the very early stages of what could be, in the longer term, a revolution in the way that manufacturing is done. I think one of the interesting things here is it's a sign of oil companies starting to think harder about how technological change is going to change consumption patterns for oil and gas in decades to come. The acknowledgement of this potential threat from 3D printing is something that they're going to be looking at next year in their annual energy outlook. So every year, BP will give long-term forecasts of how the energy market is evolving. And they're saying that this is another factor they're going to look at along with all the other dynamics, such as the rise of renewables and, and electric vehicles and so on. Speaking of those threats, one of the ones that's being increasingly debated is, of course, the rise of the electric car. Some people portray electric vehicles as a mortal threat to the oil industry because passenger cars account for about a quarter of demand for oil. But the view of BP, as expressed in their latest annual report, is that this is not going to be a game changer because they think that however fast demand for electric vehicles grows, it's going to be outweighed by continued rapid growth in demand for petrol-driven cars in Asia. So they believe that oil demand keeps growing right into the 30s and 40s, even though electric vehicles are going to take a growing share of the vehicle market. Now, at the moment, they only make up a very small sliver of the global car market, but they are growing very fast. In fact, in Japan last year, it emerged there are now more electric vehicle charging points than gas stations or petrol stations, as we call them over here, although some of those charging points are in private homes rather than out on the street. What's happening in Europe? 
In Europe, they are growing rapidly, but there's still a tiny fraction of cars sold, much less than 1%. So the oil companies are increasingly recognising that it's a reality. They're not going to go away. And indeed, we've seen this week that Shell is starting to adapt, starting to embrace them. They've said that for the first time, they're going to install charging points in some of their petrol stations in Europe, in the UK and in the Netherlands, their two home markets quite a symbolic move, I think. And we've seen Total in France and Italy's any making similar moves. But given the threat that electric cars potentially pose to oil companies, isn't this a bit like a chicken farmer putting out a sign to welcome foxes? It's certainly one compelling interpretation because by putting these charging stations in, you encourage the uptake of electric cars. I think that the oil companies are torn. You know, on the one hand, they want to preserve the role of oil and gas in the energy mix for decades to come. On the other hand, they accept that the world is changing and that there is a transition underway from fossil fuels to renewables. And they, if they want to remain energy superpowers in the broadest sense, then they will need to gradually move with that transition and embrace alternative fuels and new energy technologies. Let's just finally look at the US, where, of course, we're all waiting to see what the Trump administration does on energy policy generally and specifically on renewables and, indeed, environmental policy. So he's already in his first week, he's backed the Keystone XL and Dakota Access oil pipeline projects. They were both seen as test cases for Washington's commitment to curbing climate change. But at the same time, he's got this economic advisory group that includes Tesla founder Elon Musk, who's a huge champion of both electric cars and solar power. And people in the renewables industry that I talk to are completely confused about this. What are your contacts in oil and gas companies saying? Well, BP was very clear about this, saying that they don't think that Trump changes that trajectory that is moving increasingly forcefully towards renewables. They think that renewable energy is going to continue to grow at an annual rate of about 7% through to the mid-20s compared to about 0.7% for oil. And they don't think that US politics changes that because the economics of renewables are improving. China is driving renewables forward. They think that that will continue irrespective of Trump. On the other side, there is the implication from an increasingly permissive environment for oil and gas exploration within the US, which is obviously good for those oil and gas companies that are participating in the US. But it definitely has mixed implications if you're a global major, because we're seeing booming production, booming investment in onshore US oil and gas, which is very low cost. This potentially keeps a lid on global prices. It creates intense competition for often higher cost oil and gas projects in the rest of the world. One of the most powerful points that BP made in its latest energy outlook was just how much oil is out there still. By their calculations, there's about twice as much recoverable oil still in the ground as the world is possibly going to need through to 2050. Now, given that even the oil industry expects that by 2050, the energy transition to low carbon fuels will be well underway and demand for oil is likely to be falling, that means in reality that a lot of oil in the ground is unlikely to ever be used. It won't be economic to extract it. So that's quite an admission from one of the world's biggest oil companies. And it's just another sign that prices are likely to remain under pressure for quite a while to come. Very interesting. Well, we shall await and see. Andrew Ward, FT Energy Editor, thank you very much for joining us today. 